You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Defense Secretary Mark Esper has arrived in Afghanistan. Esper's plane landed in Kabul a short time ago. It's his first trip to Afghanistan as Defense Secretary. On the flight there, Esper told reporters traveling with him that hundreds of U.S. forces withdrawing from northern Syria will relocate across the border in western Iraq. Here's Peter Kenyon reports on Esper's remarks as Turkey prepares to talk with Russia about the removal of the Kurdish militiamen that Ankara views as terrorists. Esper told reporters that the current game plan is to reposition some 1,000 American troops from northeastern Syria to western Iraq. He says those forces will have two missions, to help defend Iraq and to continue efforts to counter ISIS fighters. Turkey's foreign minister, meanwhile, says Turkish and Russian officials will discuss the withdrawal of Kurdish YPG fighters away from the Turkish border when President Recep Tayyip Erdogan travels to Sochi next week. He adds Turkey doesn't want to see a single YPG fighter left in the area Ankara wants to turn into what it calls a safe zone. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. In a series of late-night weekend tweets, President Trump announced that his Miami-area golf club will no longer be hosting next year's G7 Summit. NPR's Jen Newman reports on the reversal. Lawmakers introduced legislation Friday to try and block the summit from being held at the Miami property. Critics of the decision cited it as evidence that the president was misusing his office for personal gain. 
President Trump says he decided to remove the site from consideration because of what he described as, quote, media and Democrat-crazed and irrational hostility. Trump says his administration is now considering other possible locations. Anti-government protests in Hong Kong are now in their 20th consecutive week. NPR's Emily Fang reports on today's demonstrations that drew tens of thousands to the streets despite a police ban. Chanting Hong Kong resist, demonstrators trimmed out for a peaceful march demanding universal suffrage and an inquiry into police brutality, among other things. Many wore masks in defiance of a ban on such face coverings invoked under emergency powers earlier this month. As the afternoon wore on, hardcore protesters began constructing barricades, setting one on fire to delay advancing riot police who dispersed crowds of marchers and ordinary bystanders with tear gas and water cannons laced with blue dots. The demonstration Sunday come after Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam proposed affordable housing reforms in her annual policy address, an effort to quell the protests that have engulfed the city for almost five months. Emily Feng, NPR News, Beijing. Anti-government protests in Lebanon have stretched into a fourth day. Protesters beating drums and waving Lebanese flags seeking to keep the pressure on the government. Prime Minister Saad Shariri amid an economic crisis. The protests are largest in years in Lebanon and they've spread beyond Beirut. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. I don't know whether they believe you, but the fact is that you come, you have your head down, and this has got to be one of the hardest things that you could do. Let me tell you the picture that really, really pained me. You were leaving the prison. You were leaving the courthouse. And I guess it's your daughter had a bracelet or something on. Man, that thing... Man, that thing hurt me. As a father of two daughters, it hurt me. That embrace, certainly one moment. Another moment would have come with a second embrace. At the end of almost every one of my trials, and certainly those where someone has died, I always go to the victim's family and express my condolences to them. And it's not uncommon for me to talk to defendants either. I just said to her, Ms. Geiger, Mr. Br- Mr. Jean has forgiven you. Please forgive yourself so that you can live a purposeful life. On Monday, relatives of a Fort Worth woman shot dead by a police officer demanded the officer be fired and an independent agency investigates the killing. 28-year-old Atatiana Jefferson was killed by a single shot on Saturday when an officer fired through a window into her home while responding to a call for a wellness check. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is October 20th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best, of course, like the man said, my name is J. Rouse. Thank you so much for being a part of the show this morning, and as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, call this man the educated brother himself, 
his smooth baritone pipes and his knowledge just brings just just we can't even describe what it brings to the show. It's just something that uh, has been missing, and I tell you, every week I get emails about how wonderful and what a great addition this man has been to the podcast and to the live broadcast. Let's bring him in, the one and only my little brother, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. Good morning, sir, and how are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, big brother. Oh, I tell you what, I have... Uh... I'm just blessed, man, to to be able to awaken this morning and, you know, just life itself. Uh, And now that I'm going to bring myself out of those clouds that you you lift me up to so so often, uh, I I, I do want to to say that uh, I'm looking forward to the show a lot. Has gone on in the news. Uh, we had some interruptions on last week, and uh, I'm sure that we've got a fun field. So, good morning to Miss Vanessa. I'm pretty sure she's um, out and about. I think she's traveling this week, and yeah. Les and Rome, and, and particularly you. Uh, like I say, the work that you do and the work that you've been doing for a decade. But uh, what most people don't know, uh, Brother Jay, your work goes back, uh, spans at least 30 plus years. Uh, where you've been doing uh, good and, and doing entertainment for folks, man. So you are truly, truly God sent. And, and again, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, man, my goodness. Now I need to come down from the clouds. My Lord, thank you so much, little brother. You know how we get down, LP. You know how we get down. Can't wait to bring what we talk about to the folks and to the peeps. Next, the man who really runs everything around here, the one who I consider the most, the, what's it called, the host with the most. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, not doing well, Jay, but I'm here, needless to say, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to hear that. I hope you're feeling. Uh, I hope you're feeling better physically. I uh, hope everything's going well with you. Uh, but um, you know, you're, you're a hockey player, so you're in the house, man, and uh, appreciate you as always. You know, putting forth that effort like you do. Folks don't realize what it takes to put together a show, and so they get the, the easy part to sit back and listen to us. Well, maybe that's not the easy part, depending on who you ask. But, but, uh, but, but you know, the bottom line is that we try to bring it to you every Sunday morning. Thank you so much for being here. And like Johnny D mentioned, also, Vanessa May Belly from the back. Good morning, Hawk, man. Good morning, the Hawk, and good morning, Vanessa. 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 Good morning, Good morning, no, Jay. I, I was just returning. I was just returning to the morning welcome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, like like you mentioned, uh, Vanessa Maybell is uh, traveling, doing what retirees do. But I'm pretty sure she's listening somewhere because my phone has been blowing up all week. Uh, she has a lot to say, and I'm pretty sure she'll tune in when she gets the opportunity. And like the guy said, Mr. Dromish Bree, uh, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis, usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into. Um, a lot has happened. Like Johnny mentioned last week, we had some technical difficulties. We weren't able to go live. We apologize for that because people are like, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? So it makes you feel good to know that people can't wait until Sunday to hear what we have to say about the week's events. But um, today's show, we start off on a sombering note. Um, Elijah Cummings, Representative Elijah Cummings, who has really been just a giant in the Congress, passed away this 
past week at the age of 68, young, from uh, health complications. And his voice, when you talk about some of the great orators in this nation's history, you know, you think about Martin Luther King Jr., you think about Barack Obama, but you have to put this man in that category as well. Some of his rhetoric has been soaring that would just drive you just to, it just it shakes your soul how much this man can bring to the microphone when he steps up to the uh, podium and speaks the truth. I'm going to start right there. Mr. Elias, man, the passing of this great giant, what say you? I was, you know, I was at work when this happened, and I was shocked, man. I, I, I didn't know, the, I didn't know, the, I didn't know my brother was sick, man. I really didn't. Yeah. And when I found this out, man, it, it brought a somber, it, you know, it brought a tear to my eye because, well, you know, first and foremost, he is, you know, a giant among, you know, the Congress, and he is my flat brother. So, you know, it just, wow, it just, it was, it was unbelievable, man. And I, uh, I just, I, I did, I did a little research on Eliza. Uh, Cummings and to see that he got involved with the because uh, in, in, in the late 40s and 50s uh, African Americans weren't allowed to, to swim in the swimming pools in Baltimore, Maryland. So he got involved in that as, as the first activist, you know, to to fight for 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 African Americans to even go into the swimming pool and swim. So you know, just to see where he come, to see where he started and where he took it to the next level, man. It's an inspiring story for anybody to read. If you have any any interest in reading about this giant, please just go look it up. It's unbelievable. You know, uh, Johnny D, when we think about this man and his memory and what he brought to the table, and the bottom line is what we're going to definitely miss as we continue down this pathway of impeachment, you know, because he chaired one of the most important com- committees in Congress. What say you, sir? You know, Jay, first and foremost, my prayers and condolences go out to the Cummins family and the the, the city of Baltimore, who clearly had embraced uh, this fine statesman. You know, from what I understand about him and, and read more in the up in the past week, is that he was an honorable person who really. Loved his city. Uh, they said most of the individuals uh, in the city would call him by first name. Um, he wasn't representative. Uh, he was, he was, you know, Mr. Cummins or Isaiah Cummins. Um, but I, I, I remember him vividly uh, during the Freddie Gray trials and the passion that he showed and the restraint that he tried to employ amongst those in the city uh, after the death of Freddie Gray at, at the hands of those uh, rogue law enforcement officials. Now, again, specifically those individuals. Um, and then, you know, recently, you know, he his, his, his campaigning and champion to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, which met resistance from this Trump regime and this criminal. But I, I think... You know, when we when we look at people on a day to day basis, we have an opportunity, as as one of my my brethren say, to to give people their roses on this side of uh, mortality. And and oftentimes we speak these kind words and have these great gestures after a person has passed. But 
every day we're given an opportunity, forward an opportunity to speak well about, amongst people and not have the animosity and the bitterness towards one. But yeah. even in his weaning days, you know, not knowing his health issues, you know, you would hate to 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 see some of his last uh, passionate arguments uh, have to compete against the dignity and the process of the Constitution with this particular criminal that's that's in Washington, you know, and, and to to think that, you know, he had to go before Congress and go before America on, on media and basically appeal to this 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 criminal to sit back and, and, and dignify an American city that's so close to Washington D C when he had to, you know, challenge the, the comments made by uh this treasonous uh, Trump in regards to this rat-infested community. But like I say, the, 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 from what I understand, um, just had a passion. I, I do recall uh, many years ago I had an opportunity to uh, go to the halls of Congress and uh, some of um, my, my, my fraternal order uh, brothers was looking at, you know, one, just a historic opportunity to go, but then also – uh, basically trying to peel for some some things that we wanted within our community here, and what what was interesting is the number of individuals who mistake him for John Lewis, and and I was one yeah. of them. So you know they, they <laughs> definitely, but uh, I, I think he would be as, as recognized from that stature. I mean, it was probably twenty or thirty of us, and I would guarantee you probably a little more than half of us was like, man, John Lewis, and. You know, again, didn't get close enough to be able to, to, to share conversation with him or anything like that. But one thing I did notice is that he wasn't one that seemed to be in too big of a hurry uh, running from groups. So, you know, those are the type of things that you notice about your leaders, uh, particularly when, when, when you go to the halls of Congress and get a chance to talk to your representative. And if, if, if the listeners have not had an opportunity to do that, I would strongly suggest that, that you take start at your, you know, your local government and then your state government and then your national government. And what it really boils down to is this here. What this show brings every week and what Les always ends his commentary with is get out and vote. But know, know your candidate. And, again, you know, my impression of, of, of this gentleman and his fine work uh, over, I think, 1996 is when he was elected. So that's, that's over 20 years of service. And again, my condolences go out to uh, him and his family in the city of Baltimore. Yeah, it's just a tough thing. Uh, it was shocking news to me because, you know, everybody knows me, who knows me personally, knows that I'm usually up at the crack of dawn. I'm usually up at 4 in the morning. And I was watching uh, Morning Joe First Look, and uh, and the news came across, and I was like, who? And I'm thinking, my God, I didn't even know he was sick. And so um, it was very touching to me and you know and I watch Morning Joe and uh, you know Joe Scarborough and Mickey, Mick, Mika Brzezinski they, they you know they married and you know he officiated the wedding and so you can tell they were just torn up matter of fact in this week's edition of Informative Celeste something that you need to know we're going to play we're going to do something different we're going to do actually two parts part one we'll play at its normal time and then we'll play part two in place of the last NPR news update Joe Scarborough's uh, just his uh, his uh, dedication 
and his uh, in the honor of the memory of Elijah Cumming, Cummings, uh, his commentary, uh, something that he said on his show that day. I think we need to listen to Joe Scarborough, a former Republican uh, Congressperson. Now he's a former Republican. You know, one of the main guys out there who's really calling out this president for who he is and what he represents. But let's look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture here, Mr. Elias, is this. I mean, you know, he was uh, the committee. He was the chairman of one of the one of one of the most powerful in Congress. And so now, you know, that's leading the charge on impeachment. You know, the word word has it was he was signing. Uh, he was signing. Uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. He was, oh my God, we'll, we'll keep talking. I'll think of it. But but he was doing things on his deathbed, deathbed. He was signing um, um, authorizations for indictments and and warrants. That's what he was doing. He was signing search warrants and all those types of things on his deathbed. So you know he was at a uh, hospice. So you know when you go to a hospice, that pretty much tells you what's getting ready to happen. And yeah. and it's just I, I didn't know he was at, at that stage. I really didn't. Uh, the last time we saw him was uh, during uh, I think it was the Michael Cohen uh, 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 when they, when he appeared in front of Congress uh, hearings, the Cohen hearings. And we're going to play his closing remarks. Uh, during that hearing in a few minutes, but what does this do for the impeachment process, Mr. Elias? This is, you know, this is a big blow. I know we don't want to think about it from that perspective, but you know, we have to. I mean, he was a he was a congressperson, and you know, he chaired one of the most powerful committees that's involved in this impeachment inquiry. What happens now? Well, well, surely, Jay, there's not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to replace a giant like Elijah Cummings. You're not going to, but. I do believe that it, it, it will, it will, the impeachment will continue, and there is talk that his wife is supposed to uh, run for his chair. So, you know, if she's anything like him, or you know, just half half of what he was, man, you know, we we shouldn't be in bad shape. But like you said, man, what what is. <laughs> Wow, if he was chairing that committee, man, that means he knew what he he was pushing the uh, the right buttons. He was also pushing the, uh, the, the 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 ways to go, and now we've lost that. Wow, this is unbelievable, man. And then, and I and like you said, I, I I never knew the brother was sick, man. I never knew it. I, I it was like a shock. Yeah, to me yeah, yeah. No one knew. Him. I mean, that's the thing that throws yeah. me up. No one knew that he was this sick. That he was, yeah. I guess he had a, um, a procedure done, and he, you know, suffered an infection from the procedure. From the procedure, I think it was some type of heart procedure. But my goodness, man, for, for for I mean, this came out of the blue for me. I was shocked when this happened. And you know, Johnny D, you can tell how respected the man was because you had folks on both sides of the aisle, aisle with their condolences for the congressperson, congressman. Johnny, you there? He's here. I promise you. Maybe he's having some mic issues. But, but you know, Mr. Elias, you can tell both sides of the aisle. They were really, you know, you saw that you saw the condolences go out from both sides. You know, and that's a true, you know. But listen, some people can say, well, yeah, whatever, Jay. The bottom line is, what you thought they were going to say? You thought they were going to go out of their way and say something derogatory about them? Even President Trump 
you know, uh, had some uh, some some remarks of sympathy for him and his family. What say you? All right. Well, you know, in, in today's society, man, yeah, I can't expect that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. Oh, you, didn't think, society, you didn't think, come on now, a, a congressman who's been serving that long, you, you don't, come on, Mr. Elias, you, you got to think that Republicans are going to sit I, back and not say anything. I don't. <laughs> okay. In today's society, please, I don't put nothing yeah. past any of them. No, I do okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back on. I had a little miscue there, but um, yeah. now I, I, I agree with 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 with, with Les now because even, oh, even on, from listen to me now. Now, if you think about some of the some of the the, the, the comments that have been made from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue after um, statesmen and elected officials and and just public public personalities have passed, you know he. He has been somewhat condescending in, in some of his commentaries, you know. So, you know, for him to be somewhat mum and, and neutral about it, I mean, it's, it's no longer expected, you know, in regards to, you know, chivalry. Chivalry, courtesy, professional courtesy, you know, all, all of those things right there was once expected and was part of what I, what I say is, is generally the American culture. Um, even if it was no more than just somebody posturing, but that that's no longer the, the, the mantra. So, you know, this guy is, is a guy again who who served honorably, and and I, I never I can never say that I recall or my recent uh, inquiries into you know his career that there was any scandal or any type of corruption or anything that came with his work. So, you know, be it as it as it may. You know, it's kind of hard to talk about truth, you know. So if the guy was doing, you know, God's will and serving His purpose, then you would expect that there would be some 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 admirable commentaries. But again, to say that that's expected in this day and age, after a person um, meets their demise and goes on to glory, that's no longer that's that's no longer the custom in in, in today's America. So I agree with less on that. Didn't, didn't wow, he have some derogatory seven. statements to say about John McCain after he died? Well, yeah, but but that's different, though. I, I think the reason why well, you—that's yeah, a good Boy's point. Uh, you, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I have to give you that. But I think it's different because he really despised John McCain. And I think that, you know, when people, there was a comparison thing there uh, with John McCain. You know, I mean, he was like, people were like, you would never be John McCain. And he hated that. And, um you know, so yeah, and, and that you know that goes back to I still can't understand why Lindsey Graham is doing what he's doing, but you know, hey, I've digressed. This is about John. Uh, this is about uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings. But but the, the bottom line is is that uh, you know uh, <laughs> I would be surprised. I was shocked that Trump said. I was shocked that he came out as quick as he did. Um, and you know, listen, hey, as the president of the United States, you, you have to say something. And I even think even when John McCain passed away, he had he put out he issued his condolences, Mr. Elias. Now he may have came back and said something stupid within 15 minutes of it, but he did. I think he did issue some type of remark saying that he will be missed or whatever the case may be. I think so. Yeah. What what, what happened right after that? <laughs> it was, it was, you know, we're talking <laughs> about saying, you know, the president. Cat, 
We're talking about the 45th president of the United States. Come on, what do you think? All right, listen, I talked about this earlier. Uh, just his uh, rhetoric, his oratory, his uh, ability to just, I mean, his voice, uh, his message. Um, here's a clip. I want to play a clip. At the closing of the Michael Cohen uh, hearings, this is what he had to say to Michael Cohen, and we'll be back to finish this setup on the other side. And I'm hoping that all of us can get back to this democracy that we want and that we should be passing on to our children so that they can do better than what we did. So you wonder whether people believe you. I don't know. I don't know whether they believe you. But the fact is that you come, you have your head down, and this has got to be one of the hardest things that you could do. Let me tell you the picture that really, really pained me. You were leaving the prison. You were leaving the courthouse. And I guess it's your daughter had braces or something on. Man, that thing... Man, that thing hurt me. As a father of two daughters, it hurt me. And I can imagine how it must feel for you. But I'm just saying to you, I want to first of all thank you. I know that this has been hard. I know that you face a lot. I know that you are worried about your family. But this is a part of your destiny. And hopefully this portion of your destiny will lead to a better, a better, a better Michael Cohen, a better Donald Trump, a better United States of America, and a better world. And I mean that from the depths of my heart. When we're dancing with the angels, the question will be asked, in 2019, what did we do to make sure we kept our democracy intact? Did we stand on the sidelines and say nothing? Did we play games? And I'm tired of these statements saying, they come, people come in here and say, oh, oh, this is the first hearing. It is not the first hearing. The first hearing was with regard to prescription drugs. Remember, a little girl, a, a lady said there, Miss Wortham, her daughter, died because she could not get $333 a month in insulin. That was our first hearing. Second hearing, H.R. 1, voting rights, corruption in government. Come on now, we can do more than one thing, and we have got to get back to normal. Jenny, do you mean, give me your final thoughts on uh, Congressman Cummings. Like I said, just honor and dignity from, from what I understand. And, and again, like I say, um, just condolences to him and, and the city of Baltimore. Mr. Elias, your final thoughts. Uh, may he rest in peace, man. And I, I pray that his family finds peace in this time, man. And, you know, 
Um, man, he's going to, uh, it, you know, it, it's going to take a, a person of magnitude, great magnitude to replace this man in, in, in Congress, man. So all I can say is go mild, Brad. Go mild. Well said. In this week's edition of Informant, it's less something that you need to know. Joe Scarborough, him and his wife were married by the congressperson, uh, the congressman, uh, back in, uh, I want to say 2017 is when this happened. They got married. These are the co-hosts, the hosts and co-hosts of Morning Joe. Now they're man and wife. He officiated the wedding, and um, he had some things he wanted to say in his remembrance of his dear friend, uh, Elijah Cummings. Uh, it's time for this week's edition of Informative, so that's something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. I want to end with a personal note about Elijah. This is a man I've had the privilege of calling my friend for years. Donald Trump's message to Elijah Cummings to spend more time in Baltimore, a proud city that he calls rat and rodent infested, is not only really racist, but it's also disrespectful to a city that is, of course, the birthplace of our national anthem. Of course, that's a national anthem that our bigoted president also is now using as a wedge issue to denigrate black athletes and to further divide America. Donald Trump's clumsy attempt to stir racial divisions and to appeal to his most bigoted supporters not only betrays the president's ignorance about the country that he's supposed to serve, It also shows how little Donald knows about my friend, Elijah. Donald. Donald. Hmm. Donald. You should know that unlike almost every other member of Congress, Elijah goes home to his district every single night. He lives with the community that he serves. He's there for the good, and he's there for the bad. And there's more good than you would ever care to learn or know about. Things like empowering minority-owned businesses, working with faith-based leaders, inner-city educators, and helping seniors in need. We've seen it and heard about it firsthand. But Elijah Cummings has also been there through the bad times, and he's been braver than you, Donald, braver than most. Like in May of 2008, when Cummings pulled up to a gas station where a botched robbery had just left a man repeatedly stabbed as he was taking his pregnant wife to the hospital to give birth. Instead of fleeing danger, Congressman Cummings got down and aided that victim in the last minutes of his life. Elijah said he held the man's head in his arms and he tried to keep him from sitting up to stop the bleeding. The man was struggling to check on his wife and making sure his unborn son was okay. Cummings later said, it was a struggle for life so intense that I felt my own breath taken away. (laughs) Elijah Cummings prayed over the man until the ambulances arrived and remembered how the man who did not speak English well squeezed his hands when he recognized the word Jesus. That story gives us just a glimpse of this man, Elijah Cummings, and who he is. He has personally felt the impact of gun violence, not only in his city, but also in his family. Tragedy, like other tragedies, only served to strengthen this great man's resolve. And when Baltimore erupted in violence over the killing of Freddie Gray in the back of a police van, 
It was Elijah Cummings who took to the streets with a bullhorn, standing strong and standing right beside his constituents. Because Elijah Cummings doesn't run away from service. He runs toward it. He provides Americans a profile in courage in a time when that political trait is so sorely lacking in Washington, D.C. Donald, Elijah Cummings has served honorably in a city racked by pain and violence long before he received his first vote, as I said before. But unlike the pampered son of privilege, whose rich father bought him a diagnosis of bone spurs so he could play golf and play football and chase women while other young men of his age went to Vietnam. Elijah Cummings chose to serve through challenging times when you were running away, like you did from the draft board. But for Elijah, that would have been easier. But he wouldn't do it. And if you want to know what Elijah Cummings does for his district, he comforts people who are frightened of you. They say I'm scared. And I have not, I have never, uh, in my total of 37 years in public service, ever heard a constituent say that they were scared of their leader. So you know what else Elijah does? What Elijah Cummings does for his city? He makes it a fairer place, at risk to his own physical safety. Here's what he said a week ago when asked about your racist taunts against other racial minorities in Congress. When I hear those things, it takes me back, like I said. And, and, and I, I can still remember uh, bleeding from my forehead uh, when uh, people were throwing bottles, and these were adults, throwing bottles and saying, go home, and, and, and it just, I, I see, and, and again, there's the, he, the president has to set the tone. He needs to be a role model. But it's impossible to even ask Donald Trump to be a role model at this point. That was part one of this week's edition of 4 Minutes or Less, something that you need to know you'll hear part two a little later in the show. Joe Scarborough's, uh, his his dedication uh, to uh, Congressman uh, Elijah Cummings. We're back, 347-850-1272, me, Mr. Elias, and the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. Uh, like I mentioned before, Vanessa is out doing what Vanessa does as a retiree, travel all over the world and just uh, kind of rub our faces in it, that she can do it and we can't. <laughs> and, of course, our dear friend and colleague, uh, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after Clear Channel Radio. So hopefully he'll be in today to bring us this week's edition of Informants or Less Something that you need to know. <clears throat> all right. Remember the uh, Amber Geiger case, the former Dallas police officer? Well, listen, the judge in that case... Judge Tammy Kemp is facing some heat for giving the for giving the former police officer a hug at the conclusion of the trial. So uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Look, that's unprecedented. A judge shouldn't do anything like that." But you know, the bottom line is, I wanted to uh, hear from the judge first. 
Let's get her side of the story. Then we'll talk on the other side. Let's just know what the judge had to say. Her reasonings for giving uh, Amber Geiger a hug and a Bible. When you look back now, with it so fresh in your mind, over all of it, can you put it into words? I don't know that I can. Um, From the outset, um, several of my fellow judges and I, when this case was indicted, we were all like, oh, my God, I hope I don't get that case. And then I was the fortunate one. So I just tried to focus on this is a murder trial. Let's do what we always do in a murder trial, make certain we're fair to both sides, and everything will work out fine. This is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? As a judge, when you see the brother of a victim hug the person responsible, what does that do? That reminds me that we're all human, that at this moment in time, Brent Jean, the youngest person involved in this trial, was an example to all of us of what we should be. He took his brother's life, incorporated that into his thoughts, his upbringing, his belief, and wanted for Miss Geiger what he believed his brother would want for her. And I think his request to hug her which would have been the personification of his forgiveness, I think it caught all of us off guard. That embrace, certainly one moment. Another moment would have come with a second embrace. At the end of almost every one of my trials, and certainly those where someone has died, I always go to the victim's family and express my condolences to them. And it's not uncommon for me to talk to defendants either. I just said to her, Ms. Geiger, Mr. Br- Mr. Jean has forgiven you. Please forgive yourself so that you can live a purposeful life. And she said, do you think my life can still have purpose? And I said, I know it can. Absolutely it can. She said to me, well, I don't even have a Bible. And she said, do you think God will forgive me? I said, yes, he will. He will. And she said, I don't have a Bible. I don't own a Bible. And I don't know where to begin. And I just said, well, hold on. I'm going to get you a Bible. You give her that Bible, and then she asks you for something else. Mm-hmm. She said, can I hug you? I'm ashamed to say I paused because... I was looking at her, and then I, I just saw somebody that was really, really hurting. And then my memory said, your job is to do justice, to love mercy, and walk humbly. So how can you not hug this lady? And she asked me a second time, and I said yes. And I should have said yes the first time. To those who say you overstepped as a judge, what do you say? Well, it's sad that they have that opinion, particularly today, when all we hear about is we need to reform the criminal justice system. We need to treat the criminals 
as persons. Uh, we need to bring more compassion in sentencing. That was uh, Judge, Judge Tammy Kemp. Um, her reasonings for um, for hugging um, Amber Geiger, and like I said, she faced a lot of criticism uh, for that decision. Let me start with you, Hawk, on this because this is closer to what you do. It's a part of that process that you're involved in. Well, what did you think about that, man? First of all, the fact that the brother asked for the hug. We covered that story, and a lot of people didn't agree with it. Uh, but a lot of folks criticized her for even allowing that to happen. And then the fact that then she came down off the bench and gave the young lady a hug. Um, and now we hear the more detail. We hear what really happened outside of the pictures. You know, you see something on video, but now we kind of know the inside story. What are your thoughts on this? From a professional and, and legal standpoint, I still say that that's unprecedented and yeah. can border on mistrials and just a, a, a partial way of doing justice. Um, from wow. a humanitarian uh, aspect of it, uh, I, I, I have I, I had not heard uh, Judge Kemp with this interview, and and after hearing it. Uh, you know, from a humanistic standpoint and a humanitarian standpoint, I can certainly understand how she felt compelled to do so. Um, even in, in in some of the work that that I'm involved with outside of the, my my performance of of my professional job, you know, there yeah. is a, a a fine line that that uh, some may say that even I have crossed in regards to just treating people with dignity and decency. And, you know, mm-hmm. even how I, I, I reference, you know, the, the gentleman that I deal with, um, you know, by, 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 you know, acknowledging the fact that they're misters and, and, and going on and so forth. So, you know, listening to that, uh, I have a better perspective and, and a fondness for what she did from a humanistic standpoint. Um, but from a law enforcement and a legal standpoint, I do still disagree with the actions, um, wow. particular in the proceedings itself. You know, um, the the, the well, it was brother, over though. Hulk. I mean, it was over, right? I mean, well, it, 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 yeah, but 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 still, it the had concluded, and yeah, but okay. the cameras were rolling. You, you see, okay. so was was, was this. Was this real or was it entertainment? You know. Um, so. Oh wow! Again, You're even questioning. Oh, wait a minute. Are you questioning well, the validity well, of the judge? Well, I, I tell you what. Mm. Now, prior wow. to listen, li- listen to mm. what she's saying. You know, the thing is, in, in, in this country, Jay, everybody's looking for their 15 minutes. Okay. So was this mm. theater? Okay. Was this theater? Now, I'm pretty sure that there have been other instances where she has extended that same type of grace and mercy uh, towards right. uh, those individuals who come into the courtroom. I'm certain that that was not her first time, okay? But knowing, uh, it, it, it's just like you go back to, and oh, I, I, I even hate referencing this right here. You go back to the OJ trial, okay? And you think about okay. what Judge Edo, you know, he got himself into a whole lot of trouble because he was trying to up, up his celebrity. So, you know, 
skepticism that that I have uh, in regards to to people who who do things in front of the camera is is it theater or is it real? Now listen to her interview based on the conversation that she said that that uh, Mrs. Geiger had. I have to accept the fact that you know what that was probably real emotion because she said she paused and 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 I've been there with that pause. I've been there to sit back and say you know what. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know somebody's going to kick me. But, you know, the God in me is saying just react. So maybe, you know, I I no longer have those reservations. But when it first happened, yes, I did. I I certainly did. Uh, I I will never, you know, um, we, 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 well, I'll say this right. I'll say we because collectively, you know, we we talked about the, the young brother and his desire to hug the police officer. And even then, right. you know, I, 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 was, I was okay with the way that he grieved. Grief has absolutely no time frame and right. no determination on how people grieve. Now, the only question right. that I have is that the judge allowing that to happen because that could have right. turned into an, an incident. But then again, that's that, that's that professional law enforcement aspect of me thinking that, okay, yeah. what can go wrong? So I will, I will probably never, never come to the, to, the, to the agreement that that should have taken place as well wow. as the hug that she had in front of the cameras, mm-hmm. okay? Even mm-hmm. though she may not have well, taken see, that into consideration. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I, you, when mm-hmm. you say that, though, it's almost as if she was like, well, there's the cameras. Let me, and you know, and I don't know if they understand how long the court, I think everything is recorded in the courtroom. I mean, I'm not sure, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm a little surprised at that response. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's like it's, it's like it's a struggle for you. I mean, it's like you were saying, hey, from a professional standpoint, it was the wrong answer, but the fact that from a, being a Christian and all these other things, you know, it was what she was compelled to do. What, what about you, uh, Miss Elias, when 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 you when you look at when you listen to what the judge said, the fact that when because according to her, the police officer asked her for a hug, right, and she said she paused because just like Johnny G just mentioned, he said, "Look, when you're in that situation, because we all know what he does for a living, when you're in that situation, you're saying to yourself, oh my goodness.'" I'm here as a representative of law enforcement. I'm here as a representative of the courts. I'm here as a representative for the state, you know, the city, whatever. And you get that momentary pause because you're trained, you're supposed to act a certain way. But then hoping that the pause would make the person who made the request reconsider the request. But then she asked again. And I think because of the fact of Amber Geiger's inquisitive nature about a Bible and how can she get one, I think that made the judge say, you know what, as a Christian, I have to do the right thing. I'm going to be judged by God, not by what people say here on earth. But say you, what do you think about the decision that she made? Well, after hearing what she had to say. I have to agree with Johnny, man, on this one wholeheartedly, man. Look. So you're you're straddling the fence. So you're saying it, it was a bad move. For her to do that, yeah, it was a, it was a very bad move. Does she do that for every? Does she do that for every murder victim? I mean, every, every person that's on trial. She said for she, she said she. 
She says she does. Well, I'm pretty sure she said she meets the victim's family and the affected the family, family. You know, the convict's family as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure the you know other convicted felons didn't request. See, when you look at it on video, it's almost as if she volunteered to hug. And that's the reason why I wanted us to hear from the judge, because she didn't volunteer to give the lady a hug. The lady asked twice. So I'm pretty sure, you know, <laughs> no on, other on convicted felon said, hey, Jay, judge, can I have a hug? On a professional standpoint, she cannot hug her, man. She's not supposed to hug her from a professional wow. standpoint. I'm sorry. Wow. That's, I, that's, if you do something but we want, but, but, job, but, what's going to happen? Wow. Okay. Okay. All right, well, we, we talk about how, you know, we need to be civil, especially in the age of Trump. You know, I, I mean, if, okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Let, let's, uh, let's bring in the smartest man in the world. He, he's joining us, uh, Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, and the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, right here on the Sirius Side. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding. Uh, Judge Kemp, Tammy Kemp. Uh, she's been facing heat for giving a former Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, a hug at the conclusion of Geiger's murder trial a few weeks ago. Um, we just heard from the judge. She told us the reason why she did it and the circumstances that led to the hug. And, you know, both my colleagues are saying, hey, you know, from a professional standpoint, she was wrong. But from a humanitarian standpoint, you know, she kind of did the right thing, even though I don't think Mr. Elias said that. But he agrees with what Johnny said, and that's what Johnny said. So my question to you is, I'm not sure if you heard the judge's interview, but if you didn't, uh, what the judge yeah. said was, uh, if you heard, okay, you heard the interview now, and I'm not going to go back yeah. and, and, and uh, say it. Okay, what do you think? Was she right, well, I, wrong? Well, what's your opinion on this? Oh, she was wrong. <laughs> that is like. I should uh, know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should know. You should know. I should I was know. Right. I don't know why. I asked. <laughs> yeah, you should have known that the reasonable people on your panel just said that she was wrong. <laughs> you know, we can be objective and all that good stuff, but we know right yeah. and wrong sometimes like cuts really like it just cuts like one side or the other. Like on this in this case. No matter who asked, she was, she was wrong for letting the defense go hug her. I mean, the the um, witness go hug her. You know. Wait, wait, hold, 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 let me, hold on, Jerome. Let me hold on, Jerome. Let me ask you a question real quick. And I'll let you yeah. finish your thought. When when you say that, don't you think if if a family member he lost his brother, isn't that the least the court can do? If he asked, he already lost his brother. So you're saying that she should have said, no, that cannot happen. Right. Like, yes. I'm saying no. Okay. just because he lost his brother, his request, he should have been like, you know, can we go in back to smoke some weed? Can you do this for me? Kind of thing. Like, whatever. What? How far do you take <laughs> anybody's request? Oh, man. No, you can't. Right? It's, it's not that because think about it. If that person's in custody, you don't know if he's going to stab her. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen videos of people in court going jumping over the table trying to fight the guy who killed their family. So how, how when somebody kills somebody and their family member's like, let me just get close to him, I'm, I'm, I promise, I just want to hug him, and then somebody gets stabbed, how do you think that's going to play out? So do you fall for it because he's young or he was crying or what? You cannot do that. Or slip her, slip her contraband. You don't know what anybody's going to do. So it, it's just because... Again, as a white female, people are like, well, you know, she needed a hug. You know what she needed? 
She needed a foot. Somebody's foot, anyway. So for us even contemplating that is, is crazy, like, because of the fact that we keep impressing our humanity on people who are not being humane to us. Something is wrong with us for doing this. Even for even for contemplating that inside of any kind of Christianity. So the judge was wrong because that is the that is the point of overlaying somebody's faith on, uh, and projecting it onto somebody else. She ain't had no faith when she went and killed that dude apparently, but now she wants it so she wants you to forgive her. I mean that's what amazing grace is. Right? The the evil guy who wrote okay. it Right. Thank the you, evil Jesus. guy who wrote it, yeah. who said, save a wrench like me, he was writing that about himself. But what happens? Black people sing that about themselves. It was that dude who asked for forgiveness. Not, not us. We weren't enslaved people. So we, we always kind of self-project on the people like forgiveness because we want them to be in that space that we're in. And they're not. She had, she did no proof but get found guilty, and now we're like, well, she feels real bad. It's like, really? <laughs> really she feels bad? Okay. Right? That's what your punishment well, I mean, should be about. What? You you still you still think the Bible gesture was something that was reasonable, that she can get a Bible. She should have asked somebody to put that on her books or find out what prison she's going to and get a dog on library. <laughs> what you want me to give her want me to give her cell phone too? Does she, she need toenail clippers or something? <laughs> Ooh, boy, I, I, why am I not surprised by this response? Three four seven eight five. What? Look, Jay, right. I'm surprised that you're not surprised. So let, maybe that helps. Well, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I kind of figured you'd go down this avenue, and, and that's okay. Listen, I mean, the bottom line is, both. I think everybody's correct here. Um, but you know, I think it's you know we serve we serve a purpose that's higher than ourselves, and I think that uh, you know one of the things I always tell people as I try to get closer in my relationship to God is that I, I tell people that I I obey the Spirit, right? Whatever the Spirit tells me to do, and I'm not turned into a to a to a uh, you know a church show on a Sunday, uh, but I'm just telling you my beliefs, and for me, I, I'm a firm believer. And you know, following the spirit. If the spirit impels you to do something. You be obedient to the spirit. Now, if the spirit doesn't tell you to do it. Don't do it. And I can see what you're saying, Johnny. You know, the bottom line is, she's a professional. We could have, you know, caused some issues with the uh, with with the uh, the trial itself. People are already saying that she didn't get enough time, uh, based on you know the fact that she killed a person and she's only going to get ten years. And she's going to probably get out in five for good behavior. So I can understand that whole uh, angle to it. But I don't know. The judge is in a tough spot, I believe. And, um, you know, she's human. And, you know, humans, uh, they make decisions that uh, they may regret. I don't know. Uh, But um, What what state was she in? I forgot. She's in California? No, this is in Texas. 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 I'm sorry, because if she was in Cali, I would say she probably wouldn't even do five years. You know, they... There's, wow. there's a, there's a, um, they give the jail some leeway. So if you do time, they can make it equivalent to five years, which means that if you're there for a year, they can just say due to overcrowding, we, we at the jail, because they turn them over to the sheriff's office, get to determine how long that five years actually is. So you know how people get let out on good behavior? 
even if the statistics yeah. say that you have to have X amount um, in time, the jail, like the sheriffs can determine that's equivalent to five years. We're going to let you out. They've done that stuff before. So I'm I'm curious if she's going to even stay that long. Hmm. Well, well, okay. Well, uh, well, interesting. Uh, interesting topic, to say the least. I, I don't know. I, I, I just I look at it kind of differently. I think that... Uh, I don't see anything wrong with her giving the lady a Bible if she requested it. And, you know, and I can quote scriptures all day long to justify that answer. But at the same time, I do understand what you guys are saying as far as, you know, uh, she crossed the line when she did that. I hope that she's not uh, hope she's not removed from the bench. You know, we need compassion. And when we have people in positions of authority, I think that's the problem with what's happening right now on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We have no one uh, that has passion. And uh, it's just unfortunate. All right. October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please take a mother, a sister, a wife, an aunt to the doctor to get checked out. We'll be right back. Coming up next, a young lady who was killed by a Fort Worth police officer. Man, what a sad story. We'll talk about it next. You listen to the serious side. Wow. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
This is for my sister, my mother. Lifetime and I are teaming up with former Project Runway designers to raise awareness about the importance of breast cancer research. For everyone. Together, we can all be the end. After all, research is the very fabric of eradicating breast cancer. Fund research. Save lives. Be the end. Show your support by picking up your free Be the End ribbons and stickers at the PVT offices in Artesia and Mayhill. Visit mylifetime.com slash stop breast cancer to learn how you can get a... 28-year-old Tatiana Jefferson was killed by a single shot on Saturday when an officer fired through a window into her home while responding to a call for a wellness check. Welcome back to 347 is the call number 347 You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. Uh, as always, it's time to say hello to the peeps. Say what's up to our guys in the house as well. First of all, let's say good morning to my little bro, called Mel B, educated brother himself, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place. What's going on, John? How you doing, brother? Doing well, doing well. Just uh, reverberating conversation and uh, enjoying myself. Absolutely. Good stuff as always. The smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome is freezing house. What's up, Jerome? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. How you doing? Just another day in paradise, my brother, no palm trees. The man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, the hockey player in the house. What's up, Mr. Elias? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Jerome and Mariana Music. That was Rain by Norman Brown. Norman Brown, that boy's bad. Wow, I'm going to play more of his music coming up. Speaking of Mariana Music, she is in the house. The pastor's in the house. What's going on? Fred is in the house. Freddie's dead. What's up, Fred? Also, Sloan. That's, I like that name, Sloan. Kemp. Uh, Jerry. Madison. Carol. A lot of people in the house. People from Canada checking in as well. Hello to our neighbors up north. Boy, your prime minister is in a fight for his life. President Obama endorsed that guy, too. Man, just so much to talk about. We just don't have enough time in one show. Also, Mr. Liz, can we say hello to some people in the world-famous chat room? Or not. Your choice. Well, we got we got Covina, man. Uh, we got John Covina. Sam 1. And then we got Easy uh, uh, and Global right in there with us. Easy and Volver Bright. Okay, you guys haven't pissed him off this morning. <laughs> he said your name's on the air. <laughs> it's coming, I know. All right, let's bring in our uh, our dear friend, and I'm not sure, well, I'm going to still call her this until she officially tells us it's a done deal, the director of our social outreach, the one and only Jackie is in the place to be. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? All right, let's put oh, that yeah. All right, we are Americans yeah, no. in uh, Trump's America. So that, that tells you how we do. No, no, let me oh, correct man. you. I, let me correct you. I'm in God's America. Trump just happened to be in it. Oh, how about hey, that? there you go. Especially after the last conversation <laughs> we had. Absolutely. You go, girl. All right, sweetie. Tell us what's <laughs> happening with you and break it down for us. What's going on, Jackie? Well, if you need any info about the TJRS Radio Network, follow on Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram, and all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS radio. You need to email about anything, you can email at seriousside at outlook.com. And I welcome you if you need any info about me, if you want to keep up with me, uh, you can check me out. Uh, I have my Thoughts for Vision page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Thoughts for Vision. Happy to say today makes officially nine years of Thoughts for Vision, so continue to keep up with me. And uh, thank you, thank you. And if you want to use me for your next event as a motivational speaker, keep up with me, okay? Definitely do that, guys, because she is speaker. I mean, in all seriousness, Jackie, it's always good to hear her and her perspective. So definitely make sure you do that and stay in contact with her. She's still a member of the family. We still love her. She can't, you know, you can't choose family. So that's just the way that works. So, hey, you stuck with us until you take your last breath. I like, I like saying when you're dancing with the angels, I'll tell you what. All right. Thank you so much. 347. 850 you listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And uh, in remembrance of Elijah Cummings, uh, instead of doing the news like we usually do, uh, coming up part two of Joe Scarborough's uh, dedication and remembrance. Uh, in honor of Elijah Cummings that's coming up next after this set. Plus, on the need-to-know basis and Chatterbox, a lot of stuff coming up. But in the, me- in the meantime, we still have business we have to take care of. And um, obviously, this news this news happened earlier in the week, and it's just sad news. A, um, a young lady was shot and killed by a Fort Worth police officer. Let's listen to the story, and we'll have a conversation about it on the other side. A grief-stricken family demanding action. This man murdered someone. He should be arrested. And a city promising to deliver them justice. This will not be an opportunity for us to make excuses, but rather to investigate this case to the fullest. On Monday, relatives of a Fort Worth woman shot dead by a police officer demanded the officer be fired and an independent agency investigates the killing. 28-year-old Atatiana Jefferson was killed by a single shot on Saturday when an officer fired through a window into her home while responding to a call for a wellness check. Body cam footage shows officers circling the home armed with guns and flashlights. The officer fired less than a second after giving this command. Put your hands up. Tell me In her final minutes, her family said Jefferson was playing video games with her nephew. The eight-year-old's mother says the boy witnessed the shooting. The first thing she told me was he was sad. And I asked him why was he sad. And he told me because the police had killed him, had shot his aunt. There is nothing that could justify what happened on Saturday morning? Nothing. The city of Fort Worth, including the mayor, city manager, and chief of police, apologized profusely to the family. On behalf of the men and women of the Fort Worth Police Department, I'm so sorry for what occurred. The police chief said he'd intended to fire the cop over his conduct, but the officer quit. That left the department free to name him. 
Aaron Dean, ID 4598, was the officer who responded to the call and fired the shot that killed Tatiana. The police chief also said he would likely have an update on criminal charges against the officer Tuesday. And he'd reach out to the FBI to investigate possible federal civil rights violations. Just a tragic story of a young lady who was just minding her own business in her own home, playing video games with her nephew, and all of a sudden she's dead. This is the second occurrence of you know, living wild black in your own apartment or in your own house or your own residence. It's a sad story. And let's start the conversation off uh, with you, Ms. Elias. Um, when you listened to the um, – when you, when you saw the body cam video and how the officer yelled, you know, let me see your hands, and as soon as – he didn't even finish the S in hands before he fired that fatal shot that killed this young lady – I guess my question for you is, um, because of all the deaths that have happened uh, to black folks in the last three or four years, and, you know, we've covered all of them here on this show, um, do you think those deaths led to the swift? And, I mean, I've never seen this. and I'm not trying to give anybody any credit for anything. The fact that this guy was indicted within 24 hours of this uh, for murder and um, do you think we're finally coming to the point where police officers are going to get the message that you just can't go and shoot and kill people like this and yeah it may have been innocent or whatever the case may be but you are a highly trained professional and I think what happens is people usually say well I would have done the same thing you're not a highly trained peace officer keyword there peace officer do you think, Mr. Elias, all these deaths of, of unarmed black men and women throughout the past three to four years led to this quick indictment of this officer? Um, it maybe it was had quick. something something to do. It maybe had something to do with it, Jay. But let's let's see the final outcome. You know that that that's where that you know you can indict you can indict him, but let, let's see the final outcome. What is he is he going to get charged? What is he going to get charged with? Will he get charged or will they let him off? He was charged with murder. That's what they I'm charged him with murder. Okay. Okay, now is he going to get off? Well, I mean, you don't know that. That's I mean, obviously, but I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah. talking about the fact that he was charged. Because we all know that once it goes to trial, it could be anybody's ball game. But the fact that this mm-hmm. happened within 24 hours, because, you know, before it's always, well, we're going to interview the officer and we're going to do this, and the officer is on desk duty until further notice, and... You know, he's suspended with pay. You always hear this, they're suspended with pay. Um, And I can't help to believe that had he not had on a body cam, Johnny D, that what they would have presented was, oh, she had a gun. But the body cam showed what happened? And look, give, I'm gonna give credit to the mayor and the police officer, they, and the police chief. They said, "Look, that don't have a damn thing to do with it." I mean, she's at home. If someone is nosing around outside of your window late at night, you know you, you have every right in the world to defend yourself. So you're yeah, right. you gonna go grab a weapon. And the other fact in this whole thing is that it, the call came through on a non-emergency number, 
right? So the officer should have known that he was, was was rolled up on a situation that they didn't say there was anything wrong. We just wanted you to go check on somebody, right? And then if it was such a dire situation, why did it take them a few hours to even get there? So that that that, that takes away this, oh, he was going into a hostile environment. No. So, you know, Johnny D., do you think, based on what we've known the history of law enforcement, the fact that had there not been a body cam there, this would have been a different situation. I will say the the potential would have been there. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Jay. I will show some reverence to the chief uh, for acting, uh, although there is a process that, that takes place and law enforcement agencies uh, that cause that delay. So oftentimes when people uh, get upset about how long a person has to stay uh, on on desk duty or some type of limited duty where they don't engage with the community or, or suspension with pay, that's because there, there's HR and, and personnel procedures that don't allow you right. just to terminate a person because then there there is um, some some civil liability that comes down in, in lawsuits. But I will say this right here. I don't think this has anything to do with black-white. I really and truly don't. I think this has everything to do with uh, inefficient and poor training. Uh, this young man, from what I've read, uh, had, only, had been a law enforcement officer since 2018. And it, it is, it's, it's a different caliber of individuals that's out there now patrolling our communities um, and and dealing within the judicial and the law enforcement community. You know, it's it's a troubling time. Uh, the training in and of itself uh, is, is, is adequate, but at the same time, it lacks a great deal of focus on just common sense situations. And you can never underscore that, that fear factor. Now, this was a wellness call from everything that has been uh, reported uh, both in, in the telemedia and also the news media. This was a wellness call where I think one of the neighbors had indicated the door had been open for a, a entire day. So, of course, the, the young man, the, the uh, officer, when he arrives on the scene, uh, basically that, that's an overreaction. That's poor training. Like I said, I don't think it has anything to do with black and white. If the If the if the body cam had not been there, yes, there would have been some cause for deception, and the process would have taken longer. But you would like to think through forensic and a thorough investigation that ultimately it would have come out with the same determination that the body cam revealed. But we know too often that that's not the case because people lie and people cover it up. You know, you, you, you look at that incident that happened in Chicago. When I saw that, 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 that HBO documentary, uh, 16 shots, and then uh, uh, strange fruits with Michael Brown. The level of cover-up is is just unbearable within the law enforcement community. So, so that's where the disdain comes in. That that's where the distrust yeah. comes in. That from the African American mm-hmm. community, because oftentimes it's, it's geared and targeted towards the minority community. Uh, it, it's it's sad that that the Jefferson family have to suffer this type of uh, resolve with. A, a, a regular call to go and just check on it, and then the young lady ends up with a fatality because she looked out the blinds. Uh, the, the, the quick 
uh, termination of the individual based off of procedures uh, probably would have dragged out if he hadn't gone ahead and and, and resigned his position. Uh, I was also favorable yeah. about the the murder charge uh, being charged against him, as, as Jay said. That you know it's the difference between charge and convicted. So you know we just have to follow this, and, and as a community, uh, we've got to be behind this to make sure that due diligence and justice is is, is rendered in this situation right here. But again, a tragic situation. Uh, the fact that we're dialoguing and talking about it probably brings no comfort to the family. But these are the type of things that after this conversation here, we just can't forget about because there's many other uh, Tatiana Jeffersons out there in the communities that's being uh, assaulted, maybe not in a fatality way, but they're, they're being assaulted, they're, they're being roosted up out of their home, they're being frisked and searched, uh, and then even in situations like this, being killed uh, with fatalities because of poor training, lack of diversity, people being out there in positions that they just simply want a job and income, but they don't want all of the responsibilities and accountability that comes with it. Now, I'm going to push back a little bit before I go to Jerome on the fact that you said this didn't have anything to do with black and white. Because here's my question for you. Do you think if this guy would have drove up into an affluent white neighborhood, do you honestly think he would have been on his P's and Q's or he would have been in that mode in the beginning? If someone calls no, and says, hey, but, but, you know, but, we just want you to go check on somebody. Right. right. Well, like right. I say, Jay, it, it doesn't have anything to do with black and white. It has something to do with the socioeconomic scale. You know, whether he had been going to a, 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 a low-income, uh, predominantly Caucasian neighborhood where, you know, and we don't know that this is the case here. When you look at the, the house itself, yeah. uh, it wasn't a large house, but we don't know the socioeconomic background yeah. of that community. But it has something to do in this situation right here and that and that level of alertness with, with, with income. Uh, we don't know the dynamics of the community. Of course, you, you know, you're closer. So we don't know what the crime rate is or the criminal predicate within that community right there. And let's just be honest mm-hmm. now, okay? Let's let's be honest. Uh, I, I stay in a multicultural uh, community. So most law enforcement, when they come, would not be overly alarmed. But now there are some areas within this city here that's multicultural. That, but when you go in there, then you won't highlight yourself even as a private citizen. So I don't want to sit back and, 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 and indicate that uh, that those biases don't play into account. But it really, in this is, in, in that instance is right there, if you're called to a more affluent neighborhood, then, yeah, he probably would have had less sense, but it wouldn't have been based off of black and white. It would have been based off of the community and, and more about the, the socioeconomic scale than anything else. Interesting. Jerome, what say you? I don't know where you want me to start. Wherever you want to start, brother. Well, the, the whole thing is um, we can't discount race because the first thing that the police officer saw before he shot was that she was black. So I, I think that there's a I can't say anything about anybody having any kind of training or no nonsense like that. Their issue is is that um, police officers don't um, they they have no restraint when it comes to black people. Yeah, I think it would have been it still would have been a different outcome. There are some things that do happen 
in poor communities, black or white, than it happened in, in affluent communities. But race plays a factor in a lot of these people's heads. And we've seen that over and over again because shooting somebody from the outside of their own house is way too much. That's pretty much why he, you know, he resigned before he got fired. But um, they couldn't defend that. That was an indefensible position. I mean, no matter how they tried, he was outside of a house and shot somebody in it. It gave him no um, no um, room to respond. You set a command and shot in somebody's house. where And didn't even identify yourself. Sneak around anybody's house. They can carry a gun in their own house, but what if they would have shot that police officer? I wonder if we'd have, be having the same conversation. Right, because she was well within her rights to actually shoot somebody coming, trying to come into her house. So I think we always look at this from, um, we always give police the benefit of the doubt in areas we shouldn't. And I don't think that this is reasonable because you're not supposed to fire your, your gun unless you're an immediate threat. So if people just looked in the window and then radioed ahead and said, I see somebody in the house, he didn't have to point the gun and shoot at her. I think he saw his eyes just lit up. He was like, oh, I can shoot you. Like, you know, he saw somebody black, he shot at him. Um, what about you, Mr. Elias? Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this, Elias. Um, if you go, if you come to my house, <laughs> I, I would have done the same thing. I'd have grabbed my pistol. You walk around my yep. house, I don't know who you are. So I don't know if we'd have had the same conversation because I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? And if you and if you didn't respond well, I'm fine. I'm sorry. That's just the way things work. I'm gonna protect myself no matter what. So and and in reference to you know what the police officer did, wrong in every on every account, on every account. I, I've had all the checks done here. You know, my, my neighbor was worried about me. He hadn't seen me in a, in a minute because I was out of town, but he hadn't seen me. So when I got back in town, he did had a wellness check. Police came to my, knocked on my door. And they stood there and they waited. They didn't have their hands on their guns. It was a wellness check. I don't get it. What were you trying to say? Go ahead, Jerome. You trying to get in? No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I mean, the, she had a, what was, I think the kid was eight. How old was he? Yeah, eight-year-old who was with her. Yeah. Playing video games. Right. So in in the event that you have somebody stalking your house, you know, the um, you're not going to just hide. You're going to try to protect that kid. So why wouldn't they expect, like, this shouldn't even be a question that she had protection because now she's protecting somebody else, not just herself. You can't even use the argument she should have ran or she should have called the police. It was immediate on that. And and to LES's point, uh, my alarm went off. It, it actually did not go off in my house, but the police showed up because our, the alarm company called them and came with a dog and whatever, but they never had their hands on a gun. When I opened the door, I said, what? <laughs> and they said, hey, your company called. And I said, yeah, yeah, I just got a phone with them and whatever. But they didn't They didn't rush in there like that. They, you could tell that they were on you know, just checking the house to make sure nobody broke in. But it wasn't nobody looking through no windows. Matter of fact, 
um, I have a motion light. So what happened is that they just kind of, when the motion light caught them, they just stopped. <laughs> it's like, yo. And I just looked at them. You know, like, you know what I mean? So you don't have to approach that. Like, we can't look at it like every police officer is scared because it's stupid. It's a stupid argument. You should not be a police officer if you are walking around on edge like that. So that police yeah. officer has no excuse of saying, oh, I was I was scared or they startled me. It's like you're a doggone police officer sneaking up in somebody's yard. You, yeah, you're doing a yeah. security check. You're doing a wellness check, but you need to understand yeah. that if you wake me up just because somebody else called you to say check on that house, I may be startled because of you too. So you need to defuse right. that as, right. as soon as possible. So, like I said, they never even came on the porch. He stood there when I opened the door because if he'd have rushed up on the porch or something got close to the windows, then I would have been startled from him. I'd be like, what you doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, why was he by the windows in there? You know, that's so. Why, you know, if they're saying that the door is open, why would you go to the? I mean, it just, it just didn't make sense. I mean, why would you, you know, do that instead of the door is open? Instead of, you know, standing outside the door and knocking outside and saying, "Hey, police department, is everything okay?" I've never. It's just crazy. But you know, here's the thing: the Fourth Ward Police Department Jay. has been involved in several high-profile incidents in recent years. Go ahead, uh, Johnny. What were you trying to say? Right. Well, I tell you what. Just before you finish that thought, right there, it, it stems back to 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 the training. Uh, just the, the fact that one, uh, it, it's already understood that he didn't identify himself as a police officer. So it's, it's right. the fact that he was he, he was inadequately uh, he inadequately applied the training that he, I'm sure that he was taught in the academy. Now I do want to make one point for those individuals, and of course I don't get a chance to. To, to read the social media as I hear what you all say, but for those persons who sit back and, and, and try to up upplay this weapon, from the angle that the young man was pe- peering through the window, he could not have seen that weapon. Now, that came out later on right. where the police chief apologized for trying to make, where other law enforcement was trying to make that an issue. The weapon wasn't no issue, okay? So when he right. fired into that weapon, he fired into that weapon because he, 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 he murdered that young lady. So that's point blank. So it wasn't like she was standing there with a weapon pointing at him. So I don't want anybody yeah. to be misled the fact that that weapon had any imperativeness in that in, in, in him discharging that weapon. Exactly. Well, you can even tell from the video. That you can even tell from the video that you can't tell. Go ahead, Mr. Tell what you're saying. Let's, as, as, as Johnny was right, man, because if, if anybody gets a chance to watch the video, Strange Fruit, watch it. Watch it, because the first thing they do is they character assassinate, then they bring out false narratives. Yeah. To, 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 well, they did in this case. They, the, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. The mayor came they out and said there was no excuse for this. They they didn't come out and, and do that here. Uh, uh, the mayor came out and said there's no excuse for that. She had every right in the world to defend herself. The police chief said that. But, you know, we, we're giving these folks credit. But, you know, I want to go back to something. I want to point out something here, that this police department has been really under scrutiny since 2009. You know, in 2009, the police department was criticizing for, they were criticized for the death of Michael Patrick Jacob. This is a 24-year-old black man in mental distress who died after being tasered by police officers responding to an emergency call from Jacob's parents. And then, you know, the next year, the, the, the city offered the family $2 million to settle their lawsuit against the city. But the settlement did not admit that, you know, the police department was wrong for what happened. Uh, in 2016, uh, a police uh, officer shot and killed a black man by the name of David Colley. 
uh, in the back as he walked away from police. The officer later said that the man was a robbery suspect and that he had raised a weapon at police. Collie, who was paralyzed from the waist down after the shooting, uh, encountered, he said he never threatened police and had done anything wrong. And charges against that man was later dropped. And then, you know, then as we keep going, five months after that incident, the police department, you know, got in trouble because an officer by the name of William Martin pushed and later arrested a young lady by the name of Jacqueline Craig. She was a black woman who had called police after her neighbor, check this out now, her neighbor choked her son and accused her boy of littering. And so when the police officer arrived, instead of approaching the, the, the neighbor, he questions Craig saying, you know, what's up? Why are you not talking to your son and teach your son not to litter? And then when Craig got upset, then that's when he decided to, you know, arrest her. And the only thing that happened to that police officer, he was uh, suspended for 10 days. You know, and I can go on and on and on and on. There's a situation with a young lady by the name of Dorshe Morris. She called the police during a domestic disturbance with her boyfriend in January. And the police officer, instead of, you know, dealing with, you know, dealing with him, he, he dealt with her. So, I mean, this is nothing new for this police department. And plus, this is not too far from what happened with Amber Geiger. So, you know, the bottom line is is that uh, it looks like the city is going to do the right thing. They've indicted this guy. He's, uh, you know, $250,000 bond. I don't know. I think that's a little small. But, you know, hey, he's been indicted for murder. There's not no manslaughter. It's first-degree murder. And uh, hopefully we'll see what happens. But you know how these things go. You know how it goes when when they go to go, go to trial. All right, like I mentioned at the at the top of the show, you know we lost Elijah Cummings this week, and Joe Scarborough from Morning Joe uh, did a uh, dedication to this man because he was a dear friend of him and Mika. Matter of fact, he officiated their wedding, and uh, we heard part one of his tribute to the congressperson. But now we're going to hear part two, and after that, chatterbox on a need to know basis. You're listening to the serious side. They're carrying Trump's banner. How about Mick Mulvaney, who served with Cummings on the Oversight Committee for years? Or one who says he considers Elijah to be one of his best friends, uh, Mark Meadows, who actually serves with him in Congress. Uh, Mark, remember just a few months ago when Elijah Cummings stuck up for you when a member on his side of the aisle described what you said was racist? My nieces and nephews are people of color. Not many people know that. You know that, Mr. Chairman. You and I have a personal relationship that's not based on color. Mr. Meadows, you know, uh, and of all the people on this committee, uh, I've said it and got in trouble for it, that you're one of my best friends. I know that shocks a lot of people. And and likewise, Mr. Chairman. But you are. And I would do, and I could see and feel your pain. I feel it. So, Mark, what do you say about Elijah Cummings? What do you say about Elijah now that he has been attacked as a racist? Mark, we have a personal relationship, you and I. I enjoy talking to you, um, getting updates from you. Um, are you going to do the right thing? Are you going to defend Elijah like Elijah defended you? against the shocking charge? I hope you will, because guess what? You'll be remembered by what you do 
right now more than any bill you fight for or any bill you pass or any bill you don't pass. By the way, message other Republicans damned by your own silence. I'm getting really tired of having to tell you this. And please, 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 don't write your books about how I won the war after Donald Trump leaves town. Speak up now, because if you don't, Donald Trump is going to bring you down. Welcome back, 347 It's time for Chatterbox, final thoughts from the world-famous chat room. And from social media, Mr. LES Man, do you have anything you care to share with us from the world-famous chat room this morning? Uh, I guess that means no. Mr. LES, are you there? Yes, I do, Jay. Yes, I oh. do. Okay, there you go. All right, sir. What, what do you have for us? Okay, Corina Man 68 says about a life to come at 68 years old. Isn't that old? But he didn't look healthy. The baby boomers generation's leaders are going to be moving on and, and doesn't seem to be many leaders in the next generation. I hate that black spokesmen from the generation are hip-hop artists and people who throw around the N-word too much. And then Easy Rider says, I do believe he did believe the country needs some reconciliation. Okay. All right, the pastor checks in. He says, look, the nation lost a great man this week. God bless you, Elijah Cummings. You are now dancing with the angels. Well said, Pastor. Tommy from New Orleans. He said, I've been listening to this show for the past seven years. And this show remind he said, this show reminds me of what you used to hear on the serious side. Kudos for returning to the show's roots. Issues affecting our community versus politics all the time. Okay, Tommy, well, not sure if I should say thank you or like whatever. All right, Catherine, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to say I mean, that listen, We're going to talk about what's going on. Come on, Tommy. I mean, you know, you, you can't sit here. You know, let me stop. All right, uh, Catherine from <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Thank God. Less Trump, more focus on us. What, what, what's going on? Guys, stop it. I'm not reading anything else. Listen, you know us. We're going to speak the truth. We are at a point in our history where we have to call this nonsense out. We still cover all the stories that pertains to our communities, but I will admit this is the first time that most of the show has been about what's been happening with us versus all the other nonsense that's been going on in Washington. We didn't mention, we didn't talk about impeachment or all, all the many things we could have talked about. The fact that Trump now tried to have this this, this uh, G7 at his, at his place, but now people are putting too much pressure on him. He's changed his mind. We didn't even talk about that today. Come on, guys, give us a little credit. And on that note, hey, Jay. you know what time? Jay. Yes, Johnny. Yes. Jay, I, you know what? Yes. I, I tell you what, I, I think what happens is this right here. Donald Trump hasn't changed, and I think people just get tired of hearing about the devil. And that's that's my truth. <laughs> okay. Wow. Add Johnny to that list. All right. More <laughs> to that list. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. Before, let me, let before me. we go into the... I'm, I better, I better put mine oh. in there. <laughs> you don't have to add me to that list. I, 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 you don't have to add me to that list. We, we need to stop focusing on ourselves when the outside pressure are creating the environment that we live in. So sometimes we need to look at it from a 30,000-foot view to make sure that we understand why we are acting in the way we're acting. So when you see people defiant, cursing people out on TV, just remember your president actually started that nonsense. So he, he claimed the civil discourse, so now that we have it, we can't focus in on ourselves like we caused it ourselves 
and that we can be better or bigger than the people who are oppressing us. Sometimes we need to call it wow. out. So just roll with us. Wow, sounds like, wow, sounds like uh, Jerome's on my side. I'll be right there down. October 20th, 2019. <laughs> Let me turn this thing over to him before it gets even worse. <laughs> you know what time it is, folks. <laughs> The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is, my, it, is, it is time for my favorite part of the show, the need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Spreeman. Jerome, the floor is yours, man. What do you have? All right, you know, before we start, you know, I didn't hear um, LES's perspective. I think we got everybody, almost everybody else out. <laughs> LES? <laughs> I, I'm going to use my tie for this. LES, come on, man. We got to break a tie. That was me and Jay almost tied. Yeah, it was LES. Break the tie. Well, I'd have to agree, Jerome. Bottom line is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, we just can't be giving out niceties to people and overlooking no, the blatant. We gotta speak the truth in love, man. We gotta speak yeah. the truth. If it's happening that time, we gotta think about what's happening. You can't, you can't yeah. say, well, and, and Trump throws out so many news cycles, it is what it is, man. So, yeah, you got to stick the truth. So, hey, if it bothers you that we stick the truth, you shouldn't be listening to us in any way. Yeah. You know what? Right. Because we, we still have our opinions on what's going on in the community, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we're in a crisis time when your yeah. federal government is implying, is pushing down some rules and regulations on the rest of us. And you need to know where that's coming from. So instead of us saying something and then you, and then as a listener, you write us and say, why are we focusing on them? We need to. Because if mainstream media isn't focusing on it, we need to talk about it. It's, it's blandly obvious. All right. Now, you know, Elijah Cummings, and since we already talked about his passing, you know, he was a 13-term representative from Maryland who was in office since 1996. And they just said he died of long-standing health challenges. So I didn't want to miss the moment of mentioning him. But I also, you know, last month, um, who most people don't know, but those in, those of us in media and black media in particular probably know, Ken Smichael, who... Um, he was a champion for black media. He worked at um, Black Enterprise Magazine. He was the founder mm. and president of Chicago-based Target Market News. So that trade mm. publication and website covered um, African-American-oriented advertising and marketing trends. So there's a, um, a magazine that comes out called Black Buying Power in America, and it's why we know that $1.7 you know, trillion dollars are spilled by the African-American community because that company actually mm. did trends and did marketing. So they would break it down mm. and say how many, how much money black people spent on cars, how much they spent on yeah. electronics. It was, it was very, very thorough in a pretty big publication. He published that for 20 years and he passed mm. away. So, yeah. Mm. And it, Dude, it was, um, yeah, we spend more than a small nation on, on yeah. goods and services, yeah. man. That's why I say we don't realize the power that we have. Man. We really have never yeah. realized that, man. 
Yeah, so I'm hoping somebody somebody picks that up. You know, his family, they took their website and stuff offline and all the other stuff. But hopefully somebody picks that up because it was a great resource for all of us who are doing business. You know, if you're doing an event or um, just trying to um, do a marketing deal to get advertising, that that publication was very important to tell you where uh, black people in particular were spending their money. Hmm. Okay. So, um, oh, I just need sorry about that. So, almost four hundred <laughs> temperature records were set worldwide by the global summer heat wave this year. So they hmm. said, and take yeah, four hundred records. So, of course, you know we always cover them here about what's in the U.S., but the U.K., Belgium, Luxembourg, Germany, and the Netherlands all reported new record highs. Um, in July and, and, you know, July and August, and temperatures in France rose above um, 113 degrees Fahrenheit for the first oh, time. Geez. Now, if you if mm. you look at a map, and I mean look at the Peter's projection map, if you look at how far north France is at 113 degrees, you would know that global warming was real, <laughs> like how far north mm. they are from, from the equator. 113 mm. degrees in France. All right. Um, now, Yahoo may owe you up to, um, what is it, $358 due to a class action suit settlement over um, security breaches in 2012 and 2016. So following, the, following a number of um, high-profile hacks, Yahoo has agreed to settle a class action suit and pay its users damages to uh, reimburse the cost that they occurred while trying to restore stolen items. Now, I've never wow. had Yahoo before, but they said each person could be owed up to $358. Go get your money. Really? It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'm going to check uh, it out. <laughs> check, check with Yahoo. Because <laughs> so, you know what happens with class action suits. They're just hoping that nobody asks them for that money. <laughs> there was a rule to give somebody, like, if they don't know, won't nobody ask for it. Now, Facebook's cryptocurrency, the Libra, offers another setback as eBay, MasterCard, and um, Stripe, I guess, they all pull support. Um, because of pressure from lawmakers. So eBay, Strike, MasterCard all announced their intentions to leave the Libra Association, which is the second major rebuke of Libra after PayPal exited last week. Mm. But Facebook still launched their digital currency. So, really? the, uh, yeah, they, they, they still have backers like Uber, um, Spotify, and uh, I guess it's uh, Vodafone or something like that. But yeah, they still they still launched it, but a lot of people pulled out. I'm not getting jacked from Facebook. <laughs> I would hmm. never invest in Facebook. Me either. Now, yeah, um, Google tells their Nest users, you know those Nest security cameras, like baby monitors and cameras. They tell their mm-hmm. Nest users um, to warn their guests that their conversations are being recorded. So if you have a Nest what? in your house, tell your Tell your visitors, Google said that the newest range of devices from their Nest brand of um, smart home um, lineup may prompt some uncomfortable conversations with house guests. Um, you know, will we'll prompt them for those conversations, and they may want to opt out of being recorded live. Wow. So, yeah. 
that's funny that they're using it that way, but they're saying you're being recorded anyway, so you might want to tell them. I don't know why you would keep that in your house if you've been recorded. That's a whole other story. Really? Right. Yeah. Now, Zantax has finally pulled uh, from U.S. and Canadian uh, market. So that popular heartburn drug was recalled from North America a month after it was found that it contained cancer-causing chemicals, and sales were halted in Europe and Asia as well. So, mm. this, yeah, GSK, which sells... Zantac outside of the U.S. We call the heartburn drug, and um, I guess I guess the U.S. seller finally recalled this over-the-counter um, and prescription drug on Friday. So Zantac did not take it. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Now um, there were some what was called Robin Hood hackers. They infiltrated the black market, uh, a black market site that was selling. 26 million stolen credit cards, and they turn that data over to banks so that they can cancel their credit card. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Wow. So, uh, yeah, they said somebody infiltrated uh, this this brains club has been infiltrated by um, attackers, and then they turned over the 26 million um, cards to the bank industry so that they can be canceled. So the site has made over 126 million over the last four years. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, I forgot the when I was in the global warming part of this. Switzerland glaciers have sprung ten percent in just five years and are melting at, at record speed. So they said the record levels of the melt this year was reported by their um, cryosphere commission and the Swiss Academy of Sciences based on measures of twenty glaciers. So. Hmm. We're having, we're seeing this thing, uh, global warming right in front of your eyes. So, um, President um, Obama, President and First Lady Michelle Obama, take that any way you want to, have landed a covenant spot on Hollywood Reporter's 100 Most Powerful Couples in Entertainment. And uh, what they described as the most diverse list ever. So the former president and the First Lady, um, are new power, newfound power players in the entertainment industry, and they made the number. They made, um, I guess, there were 50 on this year's list with their production company, and they have a production company called um, Through Higher Ground Productions, and they have a multi-year deal with um, Netflix to produce um, content that reflects their values. So, American Factory was the first film that they acquired under the project and premiered at Sundance. Uh, full film festival and received receive, um, really good reviews when it streamed on Netflix ahead of the award season. Mm. So that's out there. By the way, Zendaya, who's 23, made that list. And really? you know, she, 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 was 95, uh, she was number 95, yeah. And um, mm. actor Dwayne Johnson and um, Avery DuVernay. Uh, she moved up the list from 88 to 59 because they said thanks to the impact of when they see us and um, which is the real life story of the four black men falsely accused of rape in Central Park. Mm. Get Out director Jordan Peele moved up the list from 55 to 42. Will Smith is 81 um, and I'm trying to think I think Will Smith for Aladdin they earned uh, 1.13 billion dollars this past summer. 
Will Smith is mm. still making money, though. So, um, and Oprah, yeah, Oprah was on, um, like, 15. Everybody else in the top 10 were, like, studio heads and the Viacom guy and, you know, they were, they were actually entertainment executives, but, you know, they, apparently this is their most diverse list. Now, a, a California real estate developer, Robert Slapman, was sentenced to one month in prison for paying $75,000 to a proctor to feed his daughter answers for the ACT test. <laughs> so this this is that, what is it, the, the scandal for people getting their kids in college? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, bri- the college bribery scandal. So he paid one to feed his daughter um, answers on ACT, and he also paid to inflate his daughter's SAT scores. You know, I, don't know why wow. he, I don't know why he paid anybody, but why don't he just write the wrong score now? Like, what happened what? to that? Like, what? I'm not telling anybody how to break rules, but it just seems like you go pay somebody 75 grand for that. But he, mm. he got one month in jail. Um, again, um, pretty much as much as that girl got for shooting somebody, so whatever. <laughs> mm. um, list. The Lyft drivers, Lyft as a company is partnering with ADT to let customers call the security company if their ride feels unsafe. So Lyft announced a partnership with ADT to protect its riders. I don't know what that means. Like if you already have ADT at home, they said that you can send, ask for security assistance via text. So if you're in a car with Lyft and you feel unsecure, you can call ADT. I don't know how really? they find you or anything, but <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> now, um, yeah, UPS will be the first company to hit the, hit the skies with their drone delivery. They received government uh, approval for drone delivery, beating out Amazon and Google, or Alphabet is what they're called. Um, the race to launch the first full drone delivery service um, is heating up because UPS became the first company to earn full FAA approval of this drone program. So they mm-hmm. plan to expand. Can you imagine this? They plan to expand the college campuses and corporate campuses first. You know, ain't nobody getting their stuff at a college campus. Really? <laughs> Give it to a college student. You're like, oh, they'll figure out a way to take that drone out. Just going to put that <laughs> out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Now, a California man who is 39 was sentenced to death for killing six members of his ex-wife's family because he wanted revenge after she left him. So Ronald Lee Haskins, you know, again, when you have three names, I'm just going to put that out there. Ronald Lee Haskins, Haskell, 39, who was uh, driven by vengeance when he drove to the California, from California to Texas to carry out the cold-blooded execution of his wife's family members. He killed six people. Damn. Yeah. Now, uh, federal judges ruled against two of Trump's flagship immigration policies this week. They banned on green cards for arrivals who use welfare is blocked, and the emergency declaration, declaration to fund the, the Mexican wall was ruled illegal. So Donald Trump has received a double blow in the court system, the two rulings against him on his immigration policy. So if you wonder why he's wigging out and everything, he's losing in hmm. court. He's about to go to jail. He's about to get impeached. His kids are crazy, and he's just coming mm-hmm. to realization. 
and somebody <laughs> said something about and somebody said something about his daughter, and he was like, "Oh Lord, that was the last straw." <laughs> so oh, when he started waking out, just just know something else is going on. Now, <laughs> the Gallup poll this week showed that 52 percent of Americans support impeachment and removal of Trump, and that is the highest since Nixon stepped down in '74. Then another Damn. poll came out from Pew Research, and that said 54% of Americans approve approve impeachment proceedings. So I guess we should stop talking about it since it's so obvious to everybody that that fool should be impeached. I guess yeah. that's where we're gonna go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are right, we have time for now, one more, Tr- Jerome? Man, we're woo. I didn't realize we're this late. We we have time for one more. Oh, one more. Geez, I, didn't, I didn't realize that either. Okay. Well, okay. So. Um, <laughs> there, there's a there's a story out that said that sugar daddy relationships is not about sex. So a new study found that seven different types of sugar daddy relationships, and a third claim that they have never slept with their rich benefactors. So since there are different okay. sugar daddy relationships, they're platonic. So four out of ten women said that they never had sex with their benefactors. So if you see some woman. Getting money from an old man, it don't mean that they slept together. Thank you very much, and have a good week. I'm just joking. Wow, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for final thoughts. All right, listen, one of the things we're going to do today, but we'll try to do it next week. Uh, we're going to have maybe 30 minutes of Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio immediately after this show because I wanted to talk about something that happened this past week. I'm going to save it for next week, even though it'll be a little bit old, but I'm pretty sure you guys want to get our perspective on it. With that being said, it's time for final thoughts. Johnny D, man, you're up. Final thoughts, sir. Thank you once again for the opportunity. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in and, and hearing a, a, a different perspective. And thank the contributors. I uh, always enjoy lining up with Miss Vanessa, Jerome, Mr. Les, um, and Miss Jackie, and Big Brother, particularly yourself, and fine work that you do. So God bless everyone. Hey, man, God bless you as well, LB. We're 60 seconds out, so I'm going to say this now before we get to Jerome. Listen, we appreciate you. For the live listening audience, we're going to lose you in less than 60 seconds. We'll see you next week. Come on down. For most of the people who listen at their leisure on podcasts, whatever, wherever, you'll continue to get the show. Final thoughts, Mr. Jerome Spring. Yes. You know, I want to shout out a friend of mine, Mark, who who went to – the viewing of his aunt's movie. And his aunt is, his great, great, great aunt is Harriet Tubman. Now, I know I didn't mention this before, but it was cool. I had a conversation with him yesterday just to ask him how it was. And he said it was nice to see, you know, my great, great, great aunt. You know, I'm thinking, how close are we in that two, you know, 10 degrees of separation that somebody can say that their great aunt did what she did. And um, I hear it's a really good movie. And um, their portrayal of her um, was was really good. It's when she was younger, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, when she finally retired and helped found the AME Zion Church and all that other stuff. It wasn't that. But he said, you know, he's an action movie type of person. And he said, you know what, I really actually like this movie. So I want to shout out to their family um, that, you know, hey, we have to be proud of our people who contribute to history. And when we know them, um, descendants of them, we should really kind of tip our hat to them and say, you know, that is a contribution 
like a military contribution when you contribute to history at that level. So shout out to um, Mark and his family. I'll, I'll ask him to come on the show at some point if you want to ask him some questions yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. Have him come on, man. We'd love to talk to him about that. It's always history. Okay, cool. love to do that. Need to get more guests on anyway. All right, man gets the first and last word here in the series. Side to one and only Mr. LES, man. Final thoughts. Well, folks, look, we lost a great one this, uh, this, this week when Elijah coming, you know, and folks, he can never be replaced. So, look, stand up and be an activist in your own community. And, 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 and speak out for things that you see that are, that are wrong. Also, folks, get out and vote. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. And my final thoughts, we're going to change gears based on some of the comments we received during Chatterbox. Listen, guys, you know us. We've been around for a very long time. I think we have some of the best contributors, some of the best participants, some of the best family members in the world that come here every Sunday morning to give you their thoughts on what's happening in the news today. Now, bottom line is that you're right. Back in the day, we talked about our issues because, you know, we had a president in the White House that we didn't have to worry about. We didn't have to provide a watchful eye over him because we knew that regardless of his politics, that he was a patriot first and foremost and that he made decisions. Some may not agree with all of them, but he made decisions in the best interests of the country versus the best interests of himself or his family members or his pockets. So we didn't have to be on alert. We didn't have to watch him like a hawk. But we're in a different stage now. We're in a different phase now. We have to point this stuff out. We have to take our time to point out the things that this lawless criminal is doing every day from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, when he's there, because most of the time he's at a Trump property, which you, the taxpayer, is paying for. This guy has the Air Force using his personal uh, air, his personal property to refuel planes. Have you ever heard of this before? Up until recently, they were going to have a major summit at one of his facilities, which was bleeding money, which would have been an economic shot in the arm for this particular place. Folks, when are you going to wake up and realize that this guy is a liar? He is a thief. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's going to mislead you down the path of the self-destruction and no purpose. Wake up and smell the coffee. He is ignorant beyond ignorant. There's no words for this man. He doesn't know what he's doing. He needs to be impeached and immediately removed from the White House. That's all I got to say about that. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Wow show. That boy's playing hurt. I should tell you what happened to him, but I respect him too much. So far, but now for Jackie, for Johnny, for Mr. Elias, and Jerome. I'm Jay Rouse, and have a wonderful work week. Remember, it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. <laughs> You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.